There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. I'm joined today by Mike Berry, lecturer at Imperial College Business School, visiting professor at Holt Business School London, and digital consultant and author. Hello, Mike. Hi, hello. Good to be on the show. That's uh, so a very long and impressive list of accolades there, Mike. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. I think it means that I don't have a real job. I just do lots of different things, which is, is a very... <laughs> enviable position to be in. I really enjoy my mixed up life. I have so much variety and I do a lot of teaching and lecturing and training and increasingly blogging and writing. So every week is different, every day is different. And perhaps the common theme is digital marketing, which itself is interesting and varied enough. So um, it's an interesting sort of portfolio existence, which I really enjoy. Now tell us about the show that you do. Okay, well, this is called The Best of Global Digital Marketing and developed jointly with Hando Sinisalo from Best Marketing in Estonia in the Baltic region. And it's a collection of case studies, real world, recent digital marketing case studies from any part of the planet, anywhere in the world. And what we try to do is draw out some best practice to see who's doing what and present maybe in a day it could be 20 or so different case studies of recent, very successful digital marketing work from a variety of different countries and different industry sectors and try and get some learnings out of it. The good news for me is it's delivered in English or at least in very clear international English, which mm -hmm. I do my best at. And uh, the, the good news again is that there is an audience for this in seemingly most parts of the world. And I've been to some really interesting places and met lots of very interesting people. And it just shows how, in, even in the digital age, a physical face-to-face -face event can still engage people and can still be popular. So you basically selected lots of um, sort of successful marketing stories. I've probably preempted you there because I was going to ask you, how did you select these cases? What, what is it you were trying to do? Well, I probably preempted myself. <laughs> uh, I think the idea was something for everyone. And... In the training and the lecturing I do, I know that people say, well, okay, they're all about big brands, but not everyone is Coca-Cola or British Airways or Ford Motor Company. What about SMEs? What about not-for-profits? And then again, the business-to-business -business people will say, well, you never tell us anything about B2B. All the examples were B2C. So we 
have made a conscious effort in selecting these cases to try and tick all the boxes, to try and make it varied. And I would suggest that even if you are a not-for-profit marketer, you can learn from what the B2Z F- FMCG packaged goods people are doing. And you know, even if you're a market operating in Australia, you can learn from what's going on in Europe or the US. So the idea really is literally that sharing best practice. And the intention is to make it interactive. So when I've done this show in, in countries where they are naturally very talkative and demonstrative and emotional, in a way that's that's been a more reassuring experience for me because I know they are engaged. Whereas, you know, without being racist about it, there are some countries where the culture is very much you sit there quietly and you absorb it. And it's fascinating actually to see the differences in the norms in, in different parts of the world. But I'm glad to say that even in the countries which people are fairly quiet and don't say much during the session, they will come up to one at the break or at lunchtime and be full of questions and be very enthusiastic. So, yes, I would say we try and pick something for everyone. We try and keep it mixed up and varied and pacey, and that's reflected in the book as well. There are different sectors, and if you're in automotive, you probably want to see a few car case studies, but equally, you should be interested, I would suggest, to look at tourism or telecommunications, because we can all learn from different parts of the, the, the marketing spectrum and different industry sectors. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the book, because I was, wanted to come on to that, because you've basically distilled some of the stories that you've covered in your shows into a book, haven't you? Tell us what, it, what the book's called and uh, tell us a little bit about it. Thank you. Yeah, the, the book is The Best of Global Digital Marketing, The Storybook. And, you know, story seems to be a good word these days, doesn't it? Storytelling. People love stories. Oh, yeah, that's right. And always have. And content marketing and all that sort of the idea that a narrative, something that can engage people, that's a very old human connection, isn't it? The idea that people w- will follow a story and, and get sucked into it, and then you have their attention. And you know, there are, there are famous storytellers throughout history. The idea here is that every one of these cases, in this case it's 30, 30 cases in the book, is in itself a story. And we try and go right back to the marketing director or the agency who were there right at the beginning, setting marketing objectives, effectively drawing up a brief for this campaign. And follow through the process. And we've been lucky enough to get access to the key players. In many cases, we've had interviews with the people involved. So they are quoted in the book. And obviously, that's something one isn't going to find if you just you know, Google the, the, the case study name, because this is exclusive information. We've done interviews with the marketing director, the CMO, and perhaps their agency partner. And they've given us some inside track, like we were trying to achieve this. We didn't think TV was the way to go. We thought it should be an experiential type event. And then we would use YouTube to make that go viral. And this is how it worked. So, you know, a a bit of inside information, which I hope brings them to life and adds some value, of course. So, you know, we've selected some 30 very different recent cases. I don't think anything's more than about two to three years old because mm. we know how quickly digital changes. And we've, after much debate, we decided to arrange them in industry sector groupings. Mm. So we, we could have done geographical, we could have done chronological, which would have been quite arbitrary. Uh, and I think the, the, the decision was the right one. So we've got B2B, automotive, nonprofit, financial services, food, retail, telecommunications, and tourism. And overall, there are 30. And within those categories, they could be from all over the world. You know, So we've got 
KBC Bank from Belgium. We've got uh, Samsung S4 launch from Switzerland. We've got the Iceland Tourist Board. We've got Porsche doing a campaign in Netherlands. Mm. Uh, we've got Volvo Trucks, which was effectively a global campaign. And you know, I think the more you look at these, the, the, the smaller the world appears to be. Most of these campaigns would have worked in other geographical territories. Can you give us some examples? Some some of the stories. I I did have a, a look through the book and. <laughs> A couple quite early on caught my attention. The the couple sitting on the sidewalk. I've gone all American, haven't I? Sitting on the pavement. Oh, who, who pavement sidewalk? Uh, you as if by magic appeared on a poster. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a really nice picture. It really captures visually the whole idea of the campaign. It was Adobe's Photoshop live street prank, which was basically filming people in a covert manner, but not in a in a, a, a nasty sneaky manner, mm. actually then using Adobe technologies to show them in funny situations. So you're mentioning the, 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 the photograph of a couple who were sitting at the bus stop, and then they looked at the illuminated poster, which was in the bus shelter, and saw themselves on a wedding cake, apparently mm. happily married. <laughs> so, and They're probably brother and sister. Well, yes, there could be a story behind it. But uh, you know, the, the reason we selected that picture is fortunately they thought it was a cool idea and they were smiling. <laughs> yes. Unsuspecting commuters were turned into funny ad posters in real time. So, you know, that's just one example. There, there are lots. I mean, I, I would say this, wouldn't I? All, every single case has got something that we can learn from. And there's normally a very good idea of some sort involved. And very often it's a creative idea. And I would say overall that it's not driven by technology. For instance, the one, I, one of the ones I really like is the Samsung S4 launch in Switzerland, mm. and they called it All Eyes on the S4. And really the best way of, of understanding this is to read the book, but also there's a video which you can find on YouTube, which is basically a, the case study, but we try and go further in the book. But basically the, the technology is such that it knows when you're looking at the phone, and this is no longer unique, but I think at the time the, the Samsung S, Galaxy S4 came out, it was pretty unusual. Yeah. And basically the, the, the screen scrolls down as it knows your eyes are getting to the bottom of it, which is pretty intelligent. And someone at the agency had this idea that, okay, we're going to go to a railway station and we're going to create a giant electronic interactive billboard, which has got the phone on it, as it were. Mm -hmm. And members of the public are invited to come up and stare at this phone for one hour, can you believe? And if they can achieve that without looking away, they win the phone. And, you know, most, a lot of people thought that was a good <laughs> rate of pay for one hour of their time. So they did this. And, of course, uh, they used every technique to, to amplify this whole thing. Mm -hmm. They were filming it very professionally live. They did the whole thing at four different Swiss railway stations. So you can imagine how much footage they got some of which was really funny and emotional. And the, the people, uh, while they were trying to, to look at the, the screen, the phone, uh, they were distracted. So Swisscom and Samsung paid actors and actresses to dress up and you know, be uh, distracting and annoying them in, in a way that is very hard to describe. But if you see it on the film, it, it is extremely funny. And ultimately, 11 people won the phone. So they were very happy. Samsung and Swisscom are very happy. They then did a very clever job, I think, at editing all of this into a YouTube video, which for a small country like Switzerland went extremely viral. And you could say, well, Swisscom were happy because it was big in Switzerland. Samsung probably didn't mind that people in other countries of the world saw it as well. 
So that's another example of something which the idea is about a brand truth, isn't it? It's actually mm. a feature of the phone, of, uh, almost unique. And ultimately, in advertising, you want a unique selling proposition, the famous USP. This was pretty close to that. And because of that idea, then they, they created a campaign which was partly digital, but I would say probably, you know, the idea was the main thing. And the physical event at the railway station used digital technology, but it was real world. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Real people. Yeah, I noticed uh, that a lot of the approaches in the book actually take, do take a very sort of integrated approach and a part of it online, part of it more traditional. Is that a trend that's moved at all, or do you think it's always been important to take a sort of an integrated approach? Well, what can I say? I'm, dare I admit that I'm old enough to have worked in marketing before we really had any online. And the world is so much more complex now. We've got all these wonderful new technologies, and we've got social media and email marketing and mobile, etc. But I think the, the task of, of marketing communications is unchanged from the days of Mad Men, you know, from the 60s mm. and 70s and 80s. And that is to find your target audience, grab their attention, and get a brand message into their head. You could actually say that it's more difficult than ever because now we have so much more distraction. You know, the internet is effectively a distraction machine. And also, you could argue that our brains have been rewired by the web and by mobile technology and by social media so that we are naturally more easily distracted. So all the more need for creativity and the idea that you can, you can find some way of bringing pictures, words, concepts, movies, whatever, together in a way that gets someone's attention and holds it and then transfers the brand story, whatever that is. And yes, I mean, I, I think in terms of definitions, anyone involved in digital marketing training and teaching is naturally going to have to split it up into the dreaded silos. You know, so you have one session on social media, then you have a session on SEO and then a session on PPC and then the analytics bit comes along. Yeah. But in the real world, 
it is all joined up, and it should be. And not only digital joined up with itself, but actually the old stuff still works. Mm. So no one uninvented TV, far from it. You know, the internet didn't replace it. And press advertising is diminishing, but, you know, magazine advertising is relatively robust. And we're now seeing interaction between so-called traditional and so-called digital. So I think we're held back sometimes by our terminology. Mm. Obviously, the digital stuff is relatively speaking newer. But, you know, I, I think that it, I, to answer your question, all of these cases pretty much in the real world, you do whatever works, don't you? Yeah. You, you know, you're a brand, you're a CMO, a chief marketing officer, you've got a certain amount of money to spend. If someone could convince you that direct mail was going to give you the best return on investment, ROI, you would probably spend your whole budget on that. I think it's unlikely, but that could be a part of your solution. And the same would go for PPC or the same would go for email marketing. You know, whatever was actually going to do the best job. So in most of these cases, there is a central idea. There's normally film involved somehow. And then that means it's normally YouTube. And of course, how is that consumed? Very often on a mobile device. And in some cases, it's also on a TV screen. So, you know, I think that the cases reflect the real world out there, which is increasingly integrated. Now, as someone who's curated a lot of these stories and these examples, I was just wondering, Mike, do you see a pattern in these approaches? Can you distill some sort of common points? I think that... There's, there's always something which makes you stop. It's not just someone saying, here's our product. You really need this, buy it. So something unexpected, you know, this, you can go back to the greats of advertising, David Ogilvy, et cetera. And David Ogilvy once said that you can't bore people into buying, <laughs> which mm. is, I think, a great quote. You know, <laughs> just saying beans means Heinz over and over again doesn't necessarily wear people down till they choose Heinz. You know, occasionally. Do, do you know? Sorry to interrupt, Mike. Do you know something? I found myself singing that in my head about two mornings ago. <laughs> the, <laughs> I, I was replaying the, the advert showing my age here because that's back in the sixties and seventies, isn't it? <laughs> I was replaying the advert in my head, and I had Beans Means Heinz playing in that my head. Just goes to show the, the ROI is hard to measure, isn't it? Because it's yeah. taken forty years for, for you to um, get that brand message. <laughs> uh, well, uh, and the and the rest, yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that has motivated you now to want Heinz beans, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike, but, carry on, I interrupted. Uh, I, yes, but the, the idea is that there is always an idea. So uh, if there is a pattern, you know, they're from very different sectors, different parts of the world, different size of company. But there's normally something when you nod and say, yeah, that's clever. I can see what they were doing there. And that's nice. And you smile. And, you know, and I watch audiences because <laughs> sometimes I'm playing the video and I just can watch the audience all over the world, which is mm. quite interesting. And there's a commonality. People say, yeah, I can see what, what they were doing there. And, you know, that nod factor is from experienced marketers who understand how to engage their audiences. But, you know, very often it's something that would work anywhere in the world. So you have to have, a, have an idea. You have to understand the technology well enough to know that it's doable. But I, I would repeat that the technology itself is not the idea. It's not that, okay, it's fantastic new pop-up technology, which we can use on our online display advertising. And now what can we, how can we possibly fit that into our campaign? That really is the wrong way around. You know, it should be, what are we trying to achieve here? Okay, so we need a mobile app. So you go and build one to a brief you know, in order to, to fit that need. And I think creativity and technology should be working hand in hand to get the usual things, engagement to identify with people. Even business-to-business -business buyers are humans. 
I like to say to, to B2B when I'm doing B2B training. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be boring just because it's company's money doesn't mean you have to treat people as if they're, you know, accounts clerks or something. The, the people buying your products or services for their business are still humans and they will still have emotions, but, you know, their, their criteria for buying may well be different. But yeah. we've got plenty of good B2B stuff in the book as well. And, you know, I think B2B marketers would not feel neglected. So I, I would say that uh, there are some patterns. Uh, there's also, to me, a surprising amount of similarity. You know, there, there are not many case studies that you could present in a different country and they would say, I have absolutely no idea what they were doing there. Mm. You know, total lack of understanding. Most people say, oh, yeah, that's clever. I could see that. For instance, the Iceland campaign. The, the campaign is called Inspired by Iceland. Yeah. And uh, as you may remember, Iceland had a bit of a problem with the volcano, which yes. name I won't even attempt. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yogurt. That's the one. Yeah. That sounded a little Welsh, Andy, but that was the, that was the volcano. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they rely heavily on tourism, you know, people going to see geysers and their spectacular scenery. And when people thought it was actually quite dangerous to go to Iceland in case a volcano might erupt on you, that was quite bad news for the tourist industry. So they did this amazing national campaign, which is not particularly digital or offline. It was just a really big campaign, including the, the government got behind it. And the prime minister of Iceland actually did a short film for them to launch it. <laughs> so it's not many countries where you would get that level of support. No. Presumably he did it for free as well because um, it was good for the country, good for the economy. But everywhere I've shown that, they say, well, look, you know, if it's Asia, they say it looks pretty cold. Uh, but what a beautiful country. Mm. How do they get all that greenery? And wow, look at those geezers. But they understand the idea that a whole country got behind something so that the Iceland people were ambassadors for their country. And they all reached out to other people around the world. They had interactive billboards in big cities in the US and Europe and Southern Europe, for instance. And there is no reason why that couldn't work for another country that wanted to promote itself as a tourist destination. And pretty much everywhere I've presented that, they all say, yeah, good idea. We could do something like that. And, you know, that, to me, that's interesting that the world is smaller than you might think. Actually, the Icelandic population is only the same as Brighton and Hove, pretty much, isn't it? 300 odd thousand? <laughs> Uh, yes, I think so. They're one of the most sparsely populated countries in Europe, I think. I was just wondering if it was possible uh, in Iceland, like getting hold of the prime minister is a bit like just getting hold of the, the mayor in Brighton and Hove. <laughs> well, uh, perhaps you should try that when you're walking on the seafront then. Uh, if you run into him, he'll do a campaign for the, the Brighton Tourist Board. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's a small country and they were in trouble. So yeah. I think uh, there was a good reason for the, the prime minister and the government to get behind it. But actually, it was an amazing uprising. You know, you rarely see in peacetime such patriotism from a country. And that's a really, that's one of my favorites, that story. And of course, their natural product is so beautiful. Mm. You know, you only have to send someone out with a camera into, <laughs> into the countryside in Iceland, and it's just stunning. Yes. And uh, em empty of people, unlike Brighton. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> how did we get into Iceland? So, um... How can our listeners find out more about Mike Berry and, of course, your book? Well, uh, they can follow me on Twitter, Mike Berry Tweets. I once met someone and they said, are you Mike Berry Tweets? Which made me <laughs> think for a moment. Hyphenated uh, surname. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, so I suppose I am, really. That was kind of taking over. I'm more Mike Berry Tweets than Mike Berry Offline. Uh, and Mike Berry Associates is my website. Uh, they can buy the book, The Best of Global Digital Marketing, the storybook from Amazon. 
it's either a Kindle or a hard copy. I'm actually really proud of the hard copy. Mm. Uh, it's full color, which a lot of business books are not. It's an unusual size, which I, I have to thank the publisher's best marketing for. And it's really, you know, it's quite pleasant to, to engage with. And I think in this digital age, there is still a, a place for well-produced hard copy. Yes. And, you know, I, I think, uh, of course, one has to also have the, the e-book. But I think we've ticked both boxes. I'm very pleased with it. Well, what is for sure, of course, is that this will go out of date. And uh, the good news is that we have to keep updating the cases for the Best of Global Digital Marketing show. Yeah. And as a result of that, uh, we will naturally have 30 more cases in a couple of years. So who knows? It could be another book. Well, Mike, keep up the good work. And thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Andy. It's been a pleasure. So thanks for listening, everyone. It's sitevisibility.com slash podcast if you want to find us on the web. Uh, questions, uh, send to podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. If you want to leave a message, either a question or a comment, then it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. Slight hesitation there because I thought I said the number wrong. And, of course, you can find us on iTunes. And uh, if you feel like rating us or just leaving a comment, please do, because we like ratings and comments. That's goodbye from me, Andy White. It's goodbye from Mike. Goodbye. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.